Hey, welcome to the Learning to Lead podcast. This is Paul Doherty, your host, and today I'm joined with the president of Catalyst, Tyler Regan. Tyler. Reagan. Reagan. Like the president. <laughs> oh, okay. See, got it's you. It's easy to remember. President Reagan. <laughs> so, Tyler, tell the listeners of this podcast a little bit of who you are and what Catalyst does and how long it's been around. Yeah, thanks for having me, Paul. And, um, so Catalyst has been around 18 years. A guy named John Maxwell uh, started it and uh, tapped a guy on the shoulder that some people have heard of named Andy Stanley and said, hey, let's do this leadership thing for next generation leaders. What does it look like to get in front of that 25 to 40-year-old leader and make sure we invest in them and, and make sure that the church, in a sense, is always moving forward? You know, um, Andy, I worked with Andy for a long time at the church, and one of the things he says all the time is you, you got to fall in love with the mission, not the model. And so for 18 years, we've been kind of rechanging the model and we do leadership events across the country. It started as a once a year leadership event 18 years ago. And then this year we'll have 15 events, about 30,000 leaders at our events. And uh, wow. we, we just believe that leadership matters. It matters day in and day out, whether you're a banker, you're an insurance salesman, you work at the golf course, you're a pastor, you name it, how you lead affects people's faith. And so we spend our year trying to invest in, in leaders like you, Paul, and, and this ministry and these churches going, what you do is really important. What you say is really important, but how you lead is equally important. So wow. let's pay attention to that. So yeah, we do that. We go around the country with guys like Craig Rochelle and Andy Stanley and Brian Houston, some other folks, and uh, Christine Kane, Lisa Turkhurst, and uh, you name it. We just get to, it's kind of unfair, really, Paul. We get to select kind of who we want to, and we go across the country and try to encourage leaders to be better leaders. We actually were here with you guys back in the spring. Yeah, it was amazing. And for those of you that are listening to this podcast for the first time, this podcast is designed to help grow us as leaders. And God kind of dropped it in my heart earlier this year to start a podcast called Learning to Lead. And what Tyler is doing, what Catalyst is doing, is right up the alley of this podcast, is helping leaders like you and myself to get better at leading. And when the leader gets better, yep. everyone gets better. That's right. That's what Craig says. He and, says it all the time, doesn't he? And Tyler, you're an awesome leader. I got to work with you when you guys came to Tulsa and you brought Andy Stanley here, Craig Groeschel here. Thank you so much Absolutely. for doing that. We got to be the host church and just open up the building. And, you know, 2,000 plus pastors came in here and watching pastors lean in, taking yep. notes. And then at the end, the worship time and just the engagement factor of Catalyst. It's amazing. It's so refreshing that, you know, something is out there that's pouring into pastors yeah. and leaders. I'm thankful. I remember going to my first one yeah. about 10 years ago. Well, did you, where did you go? Was that in Atlanta? Atlanta. Yeah. And um, I remember listening to Andy Stanley for the first time, and I had never really heard him. Yeah. And I just was like, wow, this was amazing. And guys like Francis Chan and, yeah. and then uh, John Maxwell, of course. And I'm trying to remember who else spoke back then, but you guys have had so many amazing oh, yeah. speakers. And that's what I love about it. But Tyler, you've been leading this organization now for five years. Yep. And you've been working with the top leaders in the world. Yeah. Share a little bit about some of the lessons you've learned working 10 years at North Point under Andy Stanley and now five years as the president of this company, sure. this organization. Talk about some of the leadership lessons you've learned. Yeah, that's... Uh... Man, that's like saying, uh, tell me, tell me all your favorite <laughs> memories from the last forty yeah. years, right? But uh, you know, at the end of the day, Paul, and um, I think we all, as believers, recognize that that God's called us to lead because of people's faith and their lives kind of hanging in the balance. And and it, and we, you can't run a church like Victory with a school, 
with camps, with the things that you guys do and not lead it well because it won't last. It won't. Like it doesn't matter how charismatic your personality is. It doesn't matter how good you preach on Sunday. That's that's a starting point. Yeah. But it's not sustainable long term. And and somebody asked me recently our theme this year has been on courage. They said, "What was the what's the most courageous thing you've done as a leader over the last 5 years at Catalyst?" And I would say this, Paul, I think I chose Catalyst was kind of hitting that yeah, Seth Godin calls it the dip. So we'd kind of yeah. cross the top of this thing and we were trying to decide, are we going to ride this thing in the sunset or are we going to try to catapult it into a new season? And I think the 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 simplest lowing, lowest hanging fruit that I could have grabbed a hold of was business tweaks, business model tweaks, adjust the this here a little bit there, turn these knobs here just to make sure the business keeps operating. But I chose in a sense to play the long game which is which was I'm going to invest in culture mm. and I'm going to change I want this to be a leadership organization that when when we come to a church like yours yeah that you guys feel life came from us not that like and it's hard because when you bring an organization you've never worked with it's a risk this is your house this is y'all's place we want it to be that y'all when we leave you go that was that was the greatest group of leaders we've ever gotten to work with. And, and we did. Yeah. We but, felt that. Well, thanks for saying that. We like Instead of when we come, you guys having to push this and grab that, we just need you to point and tell us where it is. We want you to know that we're so good at what – we want to be so good at what we do, not just from an execution perspective, but from a uh, – we're prayed up. We're ready to go. We've been praying for you. Like you just wow. – that we're offering the Lord uh, a place to move. And so uh, – but choosing culture, and that's one of the values I've seen in these leaders that we talk about – they know that culture pays off in the long run. There's no real short-term ROI except for trying to get it better. But when you create a culture, and that means sometimes moving people into a new season, freeing their future, as we like to refer to it sometimes. It means adjusting people's roles sometimes. It means you adjusting your role. How many people do you have reporting to you? How many, what does it look like to create an organizational structure where you're winning plus they're winning? But you know, like that's a lot of work, man. That's a lot of heavy lifting. But when you do that right, you've now given the people within that culture the freedom to be themselves, the freedom to lead well. And at Catalyst, when you're a leadership organization, we just, I just really felt like we should be good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day. Well, you are. We, well, we have to consume our own product, right? Yeah. It's like uh, you guys having all these opportunities for people to listen to the message, listen to word, you know, the, the word of the Lord, worship together, but they don't take, take advantage of that. Mm. Like it would be like, oh, yeah, I just came for the snacks. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that doesn't work. Yeah, we want you engaged. We want you. So for me, culture is a huge piece of that conversation. And when you provide a healthy culture, hopefully you're building healthy leaders. So that's one of the things. The other thing that comes to mind consistently, we talked a little bit about this together when we were uh, with your staff, is just the value of integrity. And I watch. There's been a lot of leaders in this scenario, seat that I sit in that have been with us once and haven't been with us since then. And it wasn't because. I necessarily would say they didn't have integrity. I would say it's because they didn't fit the DNA of what we were trying to, to do. And a lot of that because they didn't come with a service first attitude. Mm. They kind of came going, well, hey, I'm a big deal in certain circles. And and for me, that's, I don't care what deal you are in what circles. If you're here to serve the leaders that God's put in this room, now we can do this together. And so that's really you know what? Good. And it's not it's not that I don't like them or I care about them or that they're doing something great. God's still using them. It just doesn't fit within the DNA of what we're trying to do. So my job is to protect that, protect the DNA and the culture of what it is. And I think that a lot of times the leaders leave that to other people 
and focus on that, like I said, the business tweaks, the this, that, and the other, which have to be there. But there's really, culture starts at the top. It absolutely starts at the top. And if the top is not dictating or organizing the culture in the way that we all want it to be, it ain't going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to be all over the place. It's going to be scattered. It's going to be a second, third, fifth thought. And I, I guarantee you it won't last long. How did you, like, what are some practical ways for someone to change a culture? Yeah. Well, you got to know what you want to change it to. And I, honestly, the easiest way to start is going, what, do, what have you been a part of that you didn't like? That's good. Right? Yeah. I, I remember thinking there, there's, I learned a lot of great things from my parents, but also learned a lot of things I didn't want to do as a parent because of the way, you know, I was parented in different ways. And um, we all have those. We all have the things we loved about our parents and we have, have the things we didn't love about our parents. Right? Yeah. And so when my wife and I got married and we were thinking about kids, we grabbed the things that we saw and we learned from both of our sets of parents going, that's what we want to emulate. Let's put the best of what we've seen together. I think at the end of the day for me, when you're trying to create culture and you've, you've heard me talk a lot about life giving, but what kind of culture can we create no matter what it is in the bank in the school, you know, at the church that gives life to the people that are a part of it. I want people when they wake up in the morning to not go, I, I hate, I get on the elevator sometimes at our office, we're on this fourth floor spot and we get on the elevator with people that work at the mortgage company and the different things. And the number of times I hear, you know, how are you doing? Well, it's Monday <laughs> or yeah, it's Friday. I'm glad to get out of this place. Who, who wants to lead an organization where the employees feel that way? Mm -hmm. Not me. I don't now. I know that some of those some of those uh, businesses, it's hard to find purpose day in and day out. But that's your job. Yeah. So if you're, let's say you're a banker, right? And you've got um, you you got everybody from the people that clean the bank at night to the bank tellers to the people that do the loans for mortgages, whatever. What would it look like if you were to get them all together once a week and share a story of the Johnson family who just got their first house ever? And talk all the way down to the bank teller who actually just deposited the clo the closing cost check, and go, hey, you know, Stephanie, do you realize that what you did is allowing the Johnson family to have a place to create memories as a family, to to grow as a family, to to you know raise their their kids, to to have a home. I know you don't think that sometimes what you do is all that important, or you're closing out your but it is like you've given, you've changed a life by the fact that you were there today and you did what you did. And, and, and we as a bank are better because of you. Are you kidding me? That's purpose all day long. Now you and I are, That's really good. you know, you and I yeah. Paul are in worlds where purpose isn't hard for us to find. Right. Matter of fact, it's, it's kind of easy. So much so that we'll forget to, to remind people. <laughs> to talk about it. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, guys, we're leading people to Jesus. What else? Well, How? What does that look like? Why yeah. does that matter? Why does that really matter? I mean, so uh, sharing the wins, the absolutely, stories, big what time. you celebrate is what gets repeated. That's exactly right. And so that's a big part of celebration. How do you create? You want to remind without having to go, here it is again, guys. This is what I'm, hey. And so when we do our staff meetings, a lot of times I'll say, okay, tell me, somebody brag on somebody else. Somebody, yeah. somebody share what somebody's done that you went, that's what I'm talking about. That's the culture we're creating here. That's the standard. Um, there's a difference for me between values that. and culture. You know, we can write a bunch of values on the wall, um, and they will dictate our culture. But at the same time, there's got to be this unwritten DNA of who we are. And the way we, we move that is that we just model it. We live it. So I, I remember when I first took over at Catalyst, because I, I inherited, you know, I have a 
different but similar scenario where we inherited something that wasn't ours, right? right. And um, it's a public thing, and so everybody's watching how that transition goes, and it's, it's hard. I mean, it's a hard thing. And I wanted my thing, I wanted a posture of honoring. I wanted to honor the past but not be crippled by the past, and that's hard to do. And I, and I made sure I probably went a year longer honoring than I needed to, you know, really. But if I'm going to err on a side, that's the side I want to err on. Uh, but I, I remember— Which I think is really good. And there's people that are listening that are in transitions right, right now, taking over after their parents or after a predecessor, a right. mentor. And I think what you just said, I'd rather err on the side of honor. Absolutely. Than the side of, well, forget you, yeah. I'm moving forward. Yeah, and so many people uh, want a story there. You know, and for Brad and I, there, there wasn't a story there. Brad's season was over, and I moved in. Now, a lot of people, there are stories. Mm-hmm. And figuring out how to, that balance of honor and, and, but my thing, I remember telling the staff, I came in, this was probably two or three months at, after I had come in. I, I kind of waited a little bit, even though I'd been on the team for a little while. And I came in, and I had six, I just, I'd written down, it was the January meeting, which January is always a good time to kind of kick something new off. And I said, hey, here are our, here's my six expectations for you to sit in the circle on this team. And we went through them all and I said, uh, how many of these are competency related? And they were like, none of them. I was like, that's right. Because culture is not a competency issue. I hire you because you're competent. Culture is a behavior and a way we act and the way we treat people. That's why this matters. So it was everything from, you know. so good. It's a big deal, right? Because we're all looking to bring in people that bring the competency. don't need that you're you if you're you're not going to hire a video production director that has no clue how to do that Mm -hmm. you're going to hire great video production but your job though and your team's job is to make sure that not only they're a great video production person but they match the dna of what we're here if they don't that's okay god's going to call them somewhere else right Mm -hmm. and i've had people and i want you to keep sharing this but i want to interject i've had people almost like grill me you need to hire really competent people. You need to hire skilled sure. people. It doesn't matter where they're from. And I'm saying it does matter where they're from because yep. they bring where they're from right. into here. And if where they're from is total opposite and they don't like this, yep. no matter how talented they are, I can't, they're not going to flourish in our team. That's right. And, and, and they'll start changing the culture of who we are. Yep. So, I mean, I'm all about hiring, deal. hiring from the outside, but really interviewing making sure that what that outside that's coming in yeah. isn't going to change what God's doing on the inside right now yeah. here. Well, and what goes with you everywhere is you. Yeah. And so Andy Stanley is actually doing a, a marriage a series right now, and he's talking about a lot of times when you leave to look for something else, you're not going to another relationship or another job or whatever going, what can I, how can I serve that place or that person the best? What are you looking for? What can I get from them? Yeah. Right, that's the unhealthy part of that. Oh, and guess what? By the fourth job, guess who's guess guess what the common denominator is? It's you. Yeah. Right. And so um, we got to know who these people are that are coming in, and are they going to be torch carriers for this culture and this heartbeat and this mission, or are they not? Yeah. Now, again, it doesn't give me permission to hire below the col- below the competency standard we have. We've got a standard, man. It's like excellence is our standard. Yeah. We're going to stay there. Yeah. But here's the trick. And this is what I found to really work when it came to culture was not only casting a vision for the expectations and, and really you have to be clear about what I'm asking you to join up for, what I'm asking you to do. I can't just assume they're all going to learn my unwritten values. Yeah. I'm going to be crystal clear with you about it. And then we finished that 
And at that time, uh, we still had half the staff had been there for a long time. And I knew that. That's why this was such an important conversation. I said, so here's what you all need to wrestle with is, number one, can you buy into this, this culture? Do you believe that, right? And number two, if you want to be a part of this, what does that look like um, to be a part of it, okay? So here's what I said. So I want you to take a second. I want you to look. I want you to look around the room. I want you to look eyeball to eyeball with everybody in this circle. I had them sit in a circle, Paul, so that they could look at each other as we walk through this, which helps me a lot. I'll do that uh, about once a month or every so, just so that we're all looking at each other. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not up here looking at you. We're all looking in this together. And it kind of takes me from the boss to be in, in the circle. And I said, I want you to look eyeball to eyeball. If you're going to sit in this circle, you're saying to the other 24 people in this circle, I agree to this standard, and I'm going to uphold the standard in my life and in your life. And so what it brought into the to play was peer accountability. And I said, here's the thing. Everybody expects the boss to hold you accountable. But what if your peer comes to you and go, hey, the way you just acted is below the standard we've all agreed on. Whoo, that's a whole new level of accountability right there because you're going, wow, my teammate, my whatever. But here's the thing. When you get the right people in the circle, they will not settle for less than that because they're going, I'm in this. I'm giving my life to this, not just, but I want to be a part of something that matters. And to do that, we're all going to buy into this culture together. And if you don't, that's okay. That's really okay. If you want to go a different pace than we're going to go, that's okay. Just not going to do it here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, but that was why it was so critical for me to go, I want you to all recognize that if you're going to sit on this team, in this circle, this is the standard. And if you fall below that standard, we're going to call you out. And if you stay below that standard, we're probably going to move you out. Well, we've been able to change the culture and create it because we've brought in the right people to do that. So I think it's just, one, figuring out what is it, what culture are you trying to create, and two, going, do I have the right people to get us there? And it doesn't mean that they just need to be gone instantly, but you've got to give them a chance. you got to coach them towards what the new norm is. Then if they don't fit, they don't fit. And the Lord's going to do something great with them. That's, that's the thing you have to remember, even as you, you, you were telling me you've been reading Henry Cloud's book, Necessary Endings. When we recognize that everybody, um, that the Lord loves them equally, yeah. then we have to recognize that maybe he has another plan for them. Yeah. And that he's sovereign, he's a redeemer, he's going to take care of them, right? But if they don't fit what we're doing right now, doesn't mean the lord loves them less and he loves you less or whatever right sometimes it's 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 in within his plan to kind of it's for the best for both parties absolutely and i've heard um there was a leader that has spoken into my life over the years dr rutland and he's always said in every transition god wants the best for both sides you know yeah, for the church absolutely for the family that leaves the church for the pastor that's transitioning out and the yeah. pastor that's transitioning in so, hey, I want to end with this last thought and this last you know, question. Um, where do you feel like the future of just church leadership, Christian leadership, leadership in general is headed? And, and I want to also kind of add to this question, what have you recently seen that you're excited about that's bringing a change into yeah. Catalyst right now? Yeah. Um. Look, I think, and, and we've talked about this a little bit, but I think for years, the word leadership within the church was like, stay away from it. Mm. You know, the only leadership we need is the Holy Spirit. And I'm going, great. <laughs> but you're losing people because you're not taking care of them. Right. And your message is losing its power 
because it is not living out Monday through Saturday. Yeah. It just does, you know, like it, it just loses it. And so I, I think I've seen this resurgence of people recognizing that how the weight they carry as leaders within the church, whether you want to believe this or not, you represent God to people. And people blame a whole lot of poor leadership decisions and styles as if, well, I'm just being led by the Spirit. Right. But the Holy Spirit leads with discipline. That's right. Order, system, and structure. Care. Yeah, care. Yeah. You know? And Health. It's, right, exactly. Like it, it's it's like saying, yeah, I had to do this and, and sacrifice my family, you know, to, to go serve over here to, you know, to run this church. And, and I don't think God's ever called anybody to sacrifice their family on the altar of ministry. They don't do that, right? Yeah. Now, are there seasons that are more? Yes. Is there balance to that? Yes. Is there a rhythm to that? Yes. My family knows that they're in this catalyst thing together. We're all in this together. And there's, there are weeks that I'm gone, like this week. But my wife and my boys understand that we're in this kingdom enterprise together that we're trying to grow this thing together. Now, if I only did that and didn't make any excuses and didn't try to make up for time, when, you know, like, that's a whole other conversation. That's not what we're talking about. So I do, I do think leadership has become something that people understand. I do think it's a buzzword sometimes that people just assume it's for the top executives, it's for this and that and the other, when, when Maxwell's always defined it as just influence. Leadership is influence. So everybody has influence with somebody. So how are you stewarding that influence? That's leadership, right? And so for us as as pastors or leaders or, or people who represent God to others, it is that much more critical that we carry this uh, leadership mantle well, right? Um, and then where do I see, like what what do I see as a whole? And and um, I'll be honest with you, I really believe. Here's my favorite thing I see right now: is there's a gathering of leaders, um, and I'm not saying it's just young leaders, but it's, it, there's the core of it's a lot of young leaders. I had a conversation with a pastor in Orlando last week that don't care about titles, that don't care about denominational lines, that don't care about all of these divides that have sat in the middle of all of us for so long. Even worship styles or belief in this and that and doctrine and theology from a, uh, you know, gifts perspective, whatever you want to call it. There's a group of leaders that's going, we care about Jesus, and we keep it at that. And it's like, how do we take care of our friends who are in ministry right now? How do we take care of the churches that we're leading? How do we care for the people, thousands of people that we've been entrusted to? Oh, and by the way, how do we move the ball down the field? And I just, I don't know, I just see this kind of unity coming around, mm. this central call to go, we're wanna, we want to leave the bride better than we found it. Yeah. And I love that, Paul. Are you kidding me? I'll give my life to that. Like, you know, and it's going, I, I, I get to sit in a really unique seat on that bus and go, let's get together. Let's care for each other. Let's make sure that we're all in a good place because we're leading a lot of people. And let's make sure that we're leading at such a high level that Jesus is getting all the glory. That's what I see and I get excited about. So that's what gives me the energy for weeks like this. We got three events and we're traveling around the country. And we're serving a lot of leaders man, are you kidding me? This is, this is a chance. Sometimes marriages, like people will come to this, their marriage or their ministries, they're ready to shut it down. And God will do something at a Catalyst event and stir their hearts, or even on a Sunday at your church. I mean, it's the same thing. You, we talked earlier. It's like most people, when you're pastoring a church, I know it doesn't feel sometimes like things are happening or whatever, and yet there's so many people that are walking in that their spiritual act of worship was showing up. Man, we got to steward that really well, don't we? Yeah. That's so good, Tyler. Man, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, sharing today, and driving to Tulsa today yeah, to man. speak to our church and our staff and team. And 
Um, I know you got the big Catalyst Day conference coming up tomorrow in Oklahoma City. Any last thing you want to say to these listeners about um, just leadership or yeah. where they can connect with you and Catalyst and upcoming events? Yeah, so we you can always just go to catalystleader.com. That's all of our events. You'll see we're we're in your area. I promise you. We're we're doing we're all over the country. Uh, we've actually got some international things we're going to do next year. That's going to be a lot of fun. That is awesome. Yeah. So um, I'm just at Tyler Reagan, R-E-A-G-I-N, on all that stuff. Uh, but really, Catalyst is, uh, we exist to serve leaders who love the church. So not just church leaders, but leaders who love the church. So, you know, so it's the it's the educator who's teaching the kids here on Sunday mornings, you know. it's, yeah. it's And it's and it's for uh, other leaders who are, uh, are in the church. So come join us, hang out with us. We really believe in what you're doing and we want to help try to, we want to be the guides. We, we really exist to serve you as leaders, not to be served. And so any ways we can serve you guys, uh, we'd love to do that. And you're going to have a book coming out soon. Yeah, next year, man. Come on. I and know. it's called? The Life-Giving Leader. The Life-Giving Leader. It's going to yeah. be so good. I got to hear <laughs> some of it today. And uh, when that comes out, you'll want to make sure that you get it. And thanks so much for listening to the Learning to Lead podcast. We love you. Make sure you stay tuned in with us for future podcasts and great leaders like Tyler uh, coming on here and sharing thoughts on leadership. All right, much love.